I was bass player and songwriter in Roy Tinsley Band in Charlottesville for six years, and we broke up when we took Dave out from our first, their first national tour. Oh, broke up on tour? Broke up on tour, yeah. That is um, such a band story, isn't it? They had been kicking our ass all over Virginia. That's Brian Monk, or just Monk for those who know him for his music career. The Dave he's talking about there is Dave Matthews, you know, from the Dave Matthews Band. got a pretty cool backstory that starts in Charlottesville, Virginia during the early 1990s when alternative rock was sort of just becoming a thing. There's a lot in between, but now Brian is living in Santa Fe and ready to launch a cannabis educational program to help consumers better understand what they're smoking or eating or vaping. For bartenders it would augment that kind of training because it's pretty specific. And then I would hope that the wider audience might want to take the course so that casual users become more like connoisseurs. Like, like with wine and cigars and coffee. They're the people that, that uh, get their coffee at all sips every day and that's fine for them. And there's other people that have to go to Starbucks. And then there's other people that won't go to Starbucks. Yeah, the people that, that say <laughs> Starbucks over-roast their coffee, right? Exactly. It's that third group of people that I think this might appeal to who, who want to know the differences, who, who have experimented with this in the past and felt the differences but didn't know what to attribute it to, and for people that haven't done it before that maybe are trepidatious and want a little surer footing before they step into it. I'm Andy Lyman, and this is episode six of the Santa Fe Reporter's Leaf Brief podcast. Okay, so it was the early 1990s, and Brian was playing with the Boyd Tinsley trio to crowds of college students. The band soon took the then-fledgling Dave Matthews Band on its first tour. And as fate would have it, that tour marked the end of the Boyd Tinsley trio. Tinsley himself would go on to become a fiddler player with the Dave Matthews Band, and Brian went on to form at least one other band, but also bounced around between Maryland, Los Angeles, and eventually New Mexico. But it was his time in Northern California where his experience with weed expanded beyond just being that one musician who's probably always holding. My first introduction to semi-legal cannabis was um, a farm in Mendocino that had 100 legal medical plants and then another 200 hidden down the hillside. Is it really so, as dangerous as they say it is in Mendocino County if you get out into like, I mean, it used to be stories of like, if you get to the, for hiking in the wrong area, you could be face to face oh, with yeah, an automatic weapon. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was always someone's job and sometimes mine to sit on the porch with a shotgun all night long. So. Was that the first time you held a gun? No, that <laughs> okay. was the first time I held one. With the intention of possibly... Yeah. yeah, and I had a lot of internal debates during those nights. Like, So let's say a strange car comes up the drive. We can hear it half a mile away. We hear the gravel popping and the dog starting to bark. So then what? What are you really going to do with a shotgun, bro? Yeah. And I finally accepted the fact that it was for show. But that was still the gate. Yeah. And that's... So we didn't really leave that property. It was a huge property, so it was fine. But you don't want to just go jumping fences in Mendocino or Humboldt. Yeah. Because there's somebody with a shotgun on the porch, and they're probably sketched out and paranoid. We were always scared. Uh, I woke up the first morning to a helicopter flying over the ridge, and it was um, it was the power company, PG&E, checking the lines. Hmm. But we didn't know that. Yeah. I, I wake up and I look out the window and I look over the top of 
hundred twelve foot tall trees and a helicopter like it's mash cruising along the top of that and I was like this is it I just arrived and we're all going to prison we were more afraid of robbers than cops but always afraid yeah and well dirty cops too right somebody could, oh yeah so we could just roll up and yeah whatever yeah um and I certainly didn't want violence to break out as a part-time Buddhist that didn't work yeah but it was good it was a good time to contemplate my life I wasn't touring and playing music or in school which were the two things I'd done up until that point in my life and I got to really reflect on what I want out of this incarnation and it wasn't you know a life in the cannabis industry but flash forward to 10 or so years till now when I came to Santa Fe a few years ago I didn't really have a plan my wife's an acupuncturist and she has no trouble building a client base anywhere she goes because she's fantastic. She does great work and she's personable. But what was I going to do? I didn't know. Here I was, early 50s at this point, still with no life plan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this isn't the sort of town where even if I wanted to, I could just take my guitar and book a bunch of gigs. I could play shows, but wouldn't make a living at yeah. it here. Is that partially because being able to stand out? I mean, it's like everybody's a musician in downtown Santa Fe, right? Everybody's a musician in downtown Santa Fe, but I'm not sure the clubs pay the kind of money I was used to. And that's the thing. It's, I would, it would take a lot of gigging and probably some guitar lessons on the side to make a living. Yeah, or even um, think anywhere close to a living. And after the experience of L.A. for so many years and going through all the stuff with Dave Matthews and Boyd and all that... I really didn't think I wanted to throw my hat in the ring again. Like it's, I love music and I still play. And right now we're looking at a baby grand across the room that I'm going to jump on as soon as you leave. Um, but it's not for sale anymore. You know, it, yeah. I'll, I'll write songs for film. I'll, I'll find other ways to market it eventually in the future, but not just writing songs and trying to be famous. I think it was that part that really um, got ugly for me. You know. So now you're working behind the counter at a, uh, a dispensary. You and I met just recently at a cannabis conference with yeah. a, between a mutual friend, and and, and going, kind of going back to what you started with, with uh, trying to compare your voice to another musician, and, and all of a sudden saying that's what it is. But up until that point, it's sort of hard to explain, you know, what you are as a musician, what you sound like. It sounds like maybe that's what this new project of yours is too, right? Trying to describe what you're trying to do. Uh, it's you know, well put. I took a job in the cannabis industry as a bud tender just to be in the industry so I could so I could find my place in it. I didn't think that I was going to have a career there or end up managing the place or owning one. Uh, not even really that excited about retail. It's not how I want to spend my days. But I thought I might meet the community that I seek, um, both musicians and artists and um, counterculture people. Um, and then and then working at one downtown involves me in the community of Santa Fe. And it, it served both of those purposes wonderfully. But as I'm there, I found that me, that myself and the other buttenders there are repeating ourselves all day long, trying to educate people on just the basics of, in, of modes of ingestion, the differences between vaping or smoking or, or an edible or a tincture or a topical. People come in, I think particularly at our location downtown, older folks come straight from chemo. We have people with uh, shakes from uh, tremors and spasms from Parkinson's and people with very specific cannabis needs. And we're, at the same time this is happening, we're receiving strains that we don't recognize. Mysterious wizard and 
purple fairy sparkle dust. And, okay, so what are the parents of this? And I don't recognize them either. And once in a while, they would come with a terpene profile. You know, they would be fully tested. And then we would learn what we could about those terpenes and try to impart that information. But we, were, we found ourselves swamped with information gathering and, and at the same time repeating ourselves on the basics. And I just thought this town, this area, this state maybe needs a little something to just nudge people along and uh, conceive New Mexico higher ed which I hope to eventually to be just higher ed and then have different divisions. But the idea is uh, there are some other cannabis schools, like there's the Cannabis College, but that's directed at bud tender training. There's Seed Crest, and there's some bud tender training in that, and a little bit for the public and a few grow classes. Um, but those aren't really areas that I hope to cover. What I hope to cover is ingestion, how to have a relationship with this medicine that works for you. We get people all the time that, that come in and say, oh, I need the gummies for sleep, but I'm so foggy the next day. Or, um, like, well, maybe you don't need the gummies for sleep, right? <laughs> sometimes that's what we do. Sometimes we counsel people away from this medicine. Every time I, every time I use this, I get vertigo. Okay, well, then maybe don't. It's like the old, the old <laughs> joke of, like, it hurts every time I do this. Well, don't do that. Exactly. Well, don't do that. Support for this podcast comes from the New Mexico Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, helping New Mexico's cannabis industry to realize its full potential. The Cannabis Chamber is currently running its summer membership drive, which means through the end of July, new and renewing members will receive a 20% discount on their membership dues. Use the code CANASUMMER2023 and visit nmcannabischamber.org for more details. We all know THC and CBN, and some know CBC and CBG and CBN as different cannabinoids that are in cannabis that mimic cannabinoids that are in our body. And since they mimic the ones in their body, they key into receptors that we already have. But there are other chemicals, other molecules in the plant, which are secondary metabolites the plant produces to either attract pollinators or ward off predators to keep to keep from getting eaten. And those are the things that give the plant its personality. They give it its smell and its character and its flavor. And they're also the things that constitute the difference between an indica or a sativa. It's, these, it's the balance, the ratio of these different terpenes. And so there are some terpenes that we refer to as sativa terpenes because they occur more frequently in, terpene, in, in sativas. But a given marijuana plant might have 280 different terpenes in it they'll test for 20 or 27 and there might be six or seven that are dominant but there are traces of all of those in, in, in all of the plants uh, but you'll notice smelling them that some flowers smell piney and some smell orangey and some a little bit lemon like um, some almost like lemon pledge like lemon and gassy whereas you smell some others that are and what's the limonene it's a combination of limonene and terpenoline and probably this the second pinene but um um, others are skunky and funky and peaty, mossy. You hear cheesy earthy. sometimes too. Cheese, osamine is a sweet one, and in certain combinations with some of the sour ones, that can smell like like per, like blue cheese. Uh, a lot of people may not realize either that terpenes are in just about everything 
natural that has like a, a scent, right? Black pepper, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, lavender, fir trees, mm-hmm. uh, f- citrus fruit. Uh, I mean, just about everything. Right? The, the, well, everything that everything that's natural that has a smell. It's 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 not just terpenes that create those, but by and large, that's what we smell. And uh, they're in cosmetics, in perfumes, in shampoos, and whatnot. Um, any artificial lavender smell is going to be mostly linalool. Um, and oftentimes, with pens and with edibles, uh, the terpenes that they use for flavoring and effect aren't derived from cannabis, but they're derived from other things. Caryophyllene from black pepper, linalool from lavender, um, humulene from hops. Is that because you're basically, when you're doing the extract, you're basically just stripping THC from it without any of the, I mean, depending on how you do it, right? I mean, With a hydrocarbon extraction, yeah, which is what most of them are, a distillate. Then they're just pulling the THC, and, and to make a pen that has any flavor, they've got to add something in. And they're not going to add artificial flavors in, which a lot of people think they are. If it's grape cheesequake, they're going to think, oh, that's got to be fake. But no, those are terpenes. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly, not from grape, but... <laughs> Brian currently works behind the counter at Cure in downtown Santa Fe, where he regularly faces a whole slew of different kinds of questions from newcomers and old-timers alike. I mean, there's clearly a lot I have, I have left yeah. to learn. But those terpenes, the different balance of those things, constitute the personality of the plant. And different plants are different breeds or different strains or genotypes are good for different things you know there are certain strains that i just can't smoke because they make me they make me dense if there's a conversation a bunch of people at a table or a dinner party i'm like two steps behind the whole time and i can't quite catch mm-hmm. up and i just got egg on my face the whole time and feel dumb and then i smoke a different strain and i'm the center of attention talking my head off mm-hmm. uh, and they're both cannabis and I didn't know for years why. I thought it was me and my ever-changing metabolism. Oh, I must be having an ADD episode. And or like, you know, anybody that grew up in the 90s is like, it must be, must be uh, you know, laced with something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got the, I got the greens. Yeah. They used to spray embalming fluid on it. Um, but no, it turns out it's by and large these different terpene balances. Starting that conversation at the store, though, I mean, it just took us 15 minutes to get this mm-hmm. far. Doing that with a new customer over the counter, it's, it's too much. And um, so we simplify it for them, but I'd like to not have to. I'd like if we all were speaking the same language. And so I started New Mexico Higher Ed to do that, to, have, to host little classes with raw terpenes that people can smell. And we haven't quite worked out how we're gonna do that yet. I think it's gonna be a little smeller strip so everybody gets their own little piece of mm-hmm. paper. So we can talk about the terpene, talk about limonene, for example, and how it mostly occurs in sativa plants. Uh, it's, uh, it's dominant in, in Jack Herrera and Maui Waui, and um, it has a lemon-lime odor to it. But then as we're talking about it, people can actually smell it and affirm for themselves what that smell is. And it's not just lime, it's not just lemon, it's more like lime zest. In one of our phone calls leading up to today, you had mentioned the issue of finding space and that you were going to maybe try to do some online modules. Is that still? Yeah, that's, that's the next step. Um, I am I'm looking for spaces and to touch on that real quick. When I originally, originally visualized it, it was like a fancy hotel conference room you know, where I could do a PowerPoint presentation. And after looking into it, that's just cost prohibitive. I don't want these classes to cost a lot. I want everybody to be able to take them. I'm much more interested in disseminating this knowledge and creating community than I am in making a buck at this. 
So then I looked at the other end, Rail Yard Community Center and a, a friend's acupuncture shop who has some room, has some room. And I don't know, those didn't feel quite private enough. I feel like people, like we're not going to want to be disturbed. So I'm looking for something in between and I just haven't quite found it yet. In the meantime, I do want to get this information out and continue moving forward. So in two weeks, because I'm headed to Mexico next week, in two weeks I'm going to start making some video modules that are just the basics. Indica sativa hybrid. What do it mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, that gives us an opportunity to talk about what it actually doesn't mean. You know, mm -hmm. and then a quick breakdown on terpenes. What what does that mean even? What is the what does the term mean? Like two or three minute modules. These aren't going to be classes. Just little taste, little bit of information. You want to learn about limonene, there'll be one on limonene. You want to learn about mercine, there'll be one on mercine. Uh, you won't have a chance with the modules to smell it and take a deep deep dive, but I, I want that information out there. You seem much more ambitious, maybe, than your average bud tender. That's you know, I, I, I'm not 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 to knock anybody in their younger age, but did you get recognized for that? Did you get a promotion or? You, <laughs> uh, you... <laughs> no, I don't think that's how it works. Um, and the, they they may listen to this. I love my bosses. Um, we have owners that are literally on a beach in Mexico right now, not the same place I'm going, and then a GM who's treading water all the time. I, she's doing a great job, but it's it's a lot for one person, and I think they're relieved to have me on board. And they've told me I can use their space for filming these things and hosting the classes. But, but I don't really want it to be Cure sponsored unless it's Cure sponsored. Yeah. Um, so I think they're glad to have me, but that hasn't turned into like promotions or money. And they also know I don't want it. I mean, mm. The money would be great, of course. Mm. Everybody wants money, but I don't want to manage a store. Yeah, I don't want to be there all the time. Labor, labor hours. Or... <laughs> just hiring and firing yeah, people. Yeah. Like I'd rather just because I get to be. It's fun still, yeah. and I think if, as soon as I took that on, it would stop being fun. That's it for episode six. Thanks again for listening and hopefully subscribing to the Santa Fe Reporters Leaf Brief Podcast. Julianne Grimm is the editor and publisher of the Santa Fe Reporter, and Kevin McDonald edits the podcast. If this is your first time listening, have a go at the first five episodes, and then send the link to five friends, or face years of bad luck. Not really, but you should still go tell your friends. <laughs>